Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. So the Jets lose and now we begin to question Zach Wilson. I will question Robert Sala and his staff and everybody else seems to get a question Zach Wilson. I still am a believer in Zach. And look, again, we should reiterate, it is a big talking point. Brees Hall out. He's been their best weapon offensively. That's a major problem where a guy like that, one play in a game, one carry, one reception out of the backfield can change a a lot of things, whether it's just field position, whether it's points on the board, touchdown, whatever, momentum swing. So it's going to be, when we knew it at the time, that that's going to be difficult for this young football team to overcome, losing Hall and losing Elijah Vera Tucker. As well. But anyway, the Jets go down to New England. I mean, it's been frustrating. There is chance, though, for payback in a couple of weeks. And that's what you look to week 11. So right now, they'll go into, uh, well, they'll be home against Buffalo. Then they'll go into the bye week and then come out of it, taking on the Patriots for a chance to make you feel much better a couple of weeks later than you do right now, losing at home to New England. You know now, even after watching this game, the Pats can be had. So if the Jets get their bleep together, they could be able to go in there and win a game on the road in New England. Anyway, the Giants lose as well to Seattle. So it's a lost day for New York football. And a rare winless day for New York football. Have we had one? Oh, yeah, we had week three where the Giants lost on Monday night to the Cowboys and the Jets lost to the Bengals. That's the only winless New York football game, uh, New York football week so far this year. So it's rare, very rare with these two teams. And I think that's a good thing moving forward where we should at least have these two teams in contention for a playoff spot the rest of the way. We talked about going around the league a little bit, and you know, really we mentioned just the Colts loss because I'm thrilled about that. I went from loving the Colts to absolutely despising the Colts this year because of the change at quarterback with Matt Ryan, but... Um, you look at you know what went on around the league. It starts with the London game with the Broncos and Russell Wilson getting a win in a game. Fleeks, you have ESPN Plus? I do not. So I was trying to watch it. I had ESPN on. They were doing some cut-ins. I was checking the score. It was frustrating because I wanted to watch for fantasy purposes. I did not bet the game. For fantasy purposes, I wanted to watch it. I'm thinking, well, I have Sunday ticket. I have Amazon. I have cable. Where's this game? And, of course, it's on ESPN Plus, the one thing I don't have, and I am not. I refuse to get it. So I did not watch it. Do you have ESPN Plus, Fleeks? I do not, and normally that would bother me, but because I hosted the overnight yesterday, I was asleep Uh, for that entire game. So it it didn't phase me the way it normally would. 
So there you go. So you were out anyway. Yeah, I wish I slept through that game. Um, But anyway, I was up and just couldn't watch it, which was annoying. And who would think that you'd want to watch a Broncos-Jaguars game? But if you have fantasy players, eh, then maybe something. Or a bet, obviously, you want to check it out. So I was not able to do that. But anyway, Denver somehow uh, was able to get the win. And, you know, they're just an ugly football team right now offensively with Russell Wilson running things. Jaguars have some potential, and ETN has been an absolute beast, 156 yards again yesterday. But the Jaguars, talking about a team that's not there yet, Jacksonville and Doug Peterson and Lawrence, they are not there yet. We mentioned the Falcons getting the win over the Panthers in overtime. Eddie Pinheiro, the GOAT in that game, along with DJ Moore, after Moore had that huge 62-yard touchdown with 30 seconds to go tying the game, an extra point away from winning it, but Moore taking his helmet off, getting the personal foul penalty with the unsportsmanlike conduct uh, penalty, whatever it was, uh, the 15-yarder tacked on to the extra point try. Pinheiro misses it. He misses another field goal in overtime. Atlanta fortunate enough to come back and get the win 37-34. They've played well this year and 4-4 four and four on the year and should be better, and they're leading the NFC South. I mean, it is remarkable when you look at the NFC division, leader, uh, division leaders. The Vikings, and we'll get into them in a second, Seattle, we mentioned them beating the Giants, obviously. Seattle at 5-3. and three. Now, the Niners are going to win that division. I have no reservations about that. But Seattle right now at 5-3 and three leading the division. The Falcons leading the NFC South at 4-4, four and four, where I'm not so sure that they're not going to win that division. Tampa Bay stinks. Tampa Bay has lost three in a row. They're not that good. Carolina's done. You know that. New Orleans trying to get back in uh, the thick of things. They get a win yesterday, but... They're three and five as well. I mean, Atlanta at four and four right now in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Minnesota and Philadelphia, of course, lead the um, the NFC East and the NFC North, respectively. Anyway, speaking of the NFC East, the Cowboys. You know, I made the prediction going into this game. I usually don't do picks, but I did do, or I do do a best bet each week on the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast with Jimmy Trana. And my best bet this week was the Cowboys. And I've been a big backer in the Cowboys for a couple years after I, you know, Dak won me over. I would doubt Dak forever. And then he finally won me over. And then he goes down this year. And that hurt the Cowboys, even though record-wise they were okay. But, you know, their, their team was totally different. And even last week when he first came back, you can tell it was nowhere near where their offense could and should be with him back at the helm. And I felt going in that this would have been the game to bet that Dallas was going to break out of it. I know they got a defensive touchdown as well, but this was the game to see that Dallas' offense was going to break out of it. They put up 49 points at home against the Bears, and also because people looking at the Bears Monday night and saying, oh, wow, that line is a heavy line. I think it was 9.5 or 10 maybe, whatever it was. Dallas smoked the Bears, 49-29 in this one. And I will say, I think Justin Fields is starting to have a coming out party here. The last couple of weeks, Justin Fields, is if you look at it stat-wise, number-wise, and I know it's not just about that, and there's a lot more to it than that, but numbers-wise, Justin Fields all of a sudden starting to get that Bears offense to a level where they could score some points, whether him throwing the football or running the football, they can be dangerous, similar to maybe what you're seeing with Philadelphia. I know it's two different teams, two different coaches, whatever, but quarterbacks are similar to me in their style. Both can make plays with their legs. Both can make plays through the air. Maybe hurts more so through the air at this particular point, but I just get that feeling of a young Jalen Hurts 
from watching Justin Fields start to become more consistent and have more success as we now are through eight weeks of football here. And even in defeat, I thought the Bears offense, remember, that's a good Cowboys defense. I thought the Bears offense had a good showing in that game, putting up 29 points, but still losing. You know, who would think that the Bears defense, which is supposed to be the strength of that team, would allow 50 points? Essentially, Miami got down big early in Detroit. They would come back and get the win. Two were throwing for three touchdowns. They're a different team with two back there. I mean, they're tough to stop. Waddle, Hill. Hill's another monster, uh, another monster game. 12 catches, almost 200 yards. Their offense is exciting. And Tua has proven to be a difference maker. Miami right now. See, you look at the Jets and Dolphins, and I know they have the same records, but Miami, to me, even with the loss head-to-head, and obviously Tua not in that game, and Bridgewater getting knocked out, Miami, to me, is the clearly better football team. I'm not saying they're better coached. I'm saying they're a better team. At least their their strength, their offense, to me, is better than the Jets' strength with the Jets' defense. And usually I would favor the defense. i love to see that matchup again. Now, unfortunately, it's not going to happen until... Week 18, final week of the year. But I'd love to see that matchup again with a fully healthy Jets. I mean, you're going to see fully healthy, but a healthy Jets roster and a clicking Jets defense going up against a fully healthy Miami offense in two. I feel like the first matchup wasn't a real it wasn't a real good test there. Anyway, the the Lions have been frustrating. Score a lot of points, competitive in a lot of games, lose yet again. They fall to 1-6 and six on the year. The Vikings get the 34-26 win. Two teams that I wouldn't trust if they were the last two teams standing. The Vikings and the Cardinals. We mentioned the Vikings have the lead in the NFC North 6-1 and one on the year for Minnesota. And they get an impressive win. And look, they could do it running the football with Cook. Kirk Cousins can make enough plays. Will he? The big question there, and Minnesota goes to 4-0 at home. The big question there is, will Cousins be able to get the job done in a big spot in the postseason. Minnesota now is clearly in the driver's seat. And, you know, we had our guy Sean Kang of VEASAN on to preview the year. And I was asking him who he thinks is going to win the NFC North. And he said, not the Pack." Or no, I said, who's going to finish second in the NFC North? And he said, the Packers. I was like, no, 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 who's going to finish second? He said, the Packers. And he liked the Vikings. Well, so far, he's been dead on. Green Bay has struggled. They have lost four straight games. This is the first time with Aaron Aaron Rodgers really at quarterback that I've seen or that we've seen the Packers struggle to this level. Remember, when he got hurt, the Packers would struggle to win games. As long as he's been the Packers quarterback and been healthy, they've, they may have not gotten it done in the playoffs, but in the regular season, never really an issue. And they got out to a 3-1 and one start. They've lost four in a row. Jets, Giants, Commanders, and now the Bills. And maybe the Bills game was the most competitive that they've been, only losing that game by 10 points, where you would expect them to get smashed the way that they were playing prior. But anyway, the Vikings are... You have to start giving them, I guess, some credit and paying attention to them as being a legit threat in the NFC. I won't, but the way that the things are in the NFC, they have as good a chance as anybody else does. We mentioned New Orleans before. They get a win. They get to 3-5 and five on the year, blanking the Raiders. The Raiders, man. One thing I might have been dead wrong on was Josh McDaniels. I know a lot of people 
didn't like McDaniels. I did. I believed in him in his second go-round as a head coach. I thought he could be a great head coach in this league. I'm not going to write him off just yet after seven games here. But the Raiders have been inconsistent and flat-out bad at times. How does that offense with Jacobs, with Carr, with Adams, how does that offense get shut out? In New Orleans, it's not like you can blame bad weather or anything. I mean, New Orleans, you would expect that that was going to be a high-scoring game. Saints and Andy Dalton spanked the Raiders 24-zip. That's a bad look for Josh McDaniels and the Oakland Raiders and the Oakland Raiders and the Las Vegas Raiders. The Eagles, we mentioned them, remain undefeated 35-13. They get the win over the Steelers, who have all sorts of problems. You know, A.J. Brown has been a beast. Three touchdowns for him. Jalen Hurts, we mentioned, you know, four touchdowns for him. Eagles can run it. They can throw it. Eagles right now proving to be, at this point, the best team in the NFC, although I still think Dallas will have something to say about that when all is said and done. Even San Francisco. Right now, if I had to do my power rankings, I would go Cowboys 1, Niners 2 in the NFC. I just... Something about Philadelphia, I don't believe it. I know they play good defense. I get it. They've been good. Can't knock them undefeated so far. I'm not buying it. At the end, or in the end, I don't think they'll be the last team standing. Titans get a 17-10 win over the Texans. Derrick Henry went off. When you have a guy running for 200 yards or over 200 yards and a couple touchdowns, I mean, that's how the Titans are going to win. Even without Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, that's how Tennessee is built to win. They are 5-2, and two, and look, after maybe a little bit of a shaky start, Tennessee kind of riding the ship and once again proving to be you know, one of the top teams or at least the top team in the AFC South and maybe one of the top teams in the AFC in general if they can run the football like that. You know, At some point, they're going to have to get over the hump. They've won now five straight after starting 0-2. At some point, they're going to have to get over the hump to be taken seriously in the postseason, and I just can't ever see them beating Kansas City, beating this Buffalo team moving forward. I can't see the way that Josh Allen and the Bills are playing right now. I'd be stunned if they were to lose to a team like the Titans. And, you know, the same thing, like I said, with Kansas City. So Tennessee can be good. They can run the football at you as well as anybody. Will it be enough to overcome those kind of superpower offenses in the AFC with the Bills and the Chiefs. We mentioned the Colts losing in a crushing defeat, a sad performance from the Colts having the lead until uh, late in this game. And the Commanders come back and get the victory 17-16 on the road. No Matt Ryan. Good. Screw you, Indianapolis. You suck, losers. Glad that they lost the game. Jonathan Taylor back, still not running the football as well as he did last year. Colts offensive line, to me, has been their biggest problem. Whether it's running, whether it is pass protecting, that is where their issue is. And their head coach is, you could say he's not on the hot seat. Frank Reich is going to get himself fired this year. Colts fall to 3-4-1. and one. Commanders 4-4. Four and four. Look at the NFC East all of a sudden. The NFC East. Eagles undefeated. Dallas with a big win, now having their quarterback back 6-2. Giants even with the loss, 6-2. And the Commanders in last place at 4-4. Wow, the NFC East, the powerhouse division. The Niners beat up on the Rams. It is a, the Rams are toast. They are done this year. Uh, Super Bowl hangover, call it what you will. They're not any good. Maybe McVay a little... 
uh, less interested after getting that elusive Super Bowl trophy in his young coaching career. You know, he wins it as a head coach. Now what? Obviously, the goal is to go repeat, but not as easy as you think. I don't think the Rams were, I know it sounds crazy to say it, I didn't think the Rams were great last year. But they did win the Super Bowl. I still don't think they were a great team last year. Fortunate, and they did get the job done in the biggest spots. But either way, it's a Super Bowl hangover for the Rams, who have, I mean, they got smacked. Christian McCaffrey in that game, proven to be the weapon that the Niners were looking for. See, when you put a lethal offensive player with his skill, with a head coach like Kyle Shanahan, there, there are so many ways that Shanahan is going to be able to use McCaffrey, and he had the three touchdowns yesterday, one receiving, one rushing, and one throwing, where the Niners are going to have some fun using him as a weapon in ways that we never saw with Carolina because they didn't have that creativity offensively. Then, of course, the Sunday night game, Bills and the Packers. Bills get the 27-17 win. And it's kind of a, a it was a ho hum performance, not maybe as dominant a performance as many Bills fans or Bills backers would have liked. The line on that game, I believe, uh, was eleven or eleven and a half, so they clearly didn't cover, winning by ten. But it just shows you the Packers have fallen in where they stand and you know lose yet again. That to me is the story from this game more so than the Bills winning. You expected the Bills to win that game. We expect the Bills to run away with the AFC East. They now are 6-1 and one, where the Jets and Dolphins are 5-3, and three, a couple of games behind them. But the Packers losing for the fourth straight time. Look, you didn't expect them to win this game, but it's the weeks prior to that where they gave games away to the Jets or the Giants, Jets, and then Commanders where you look at the Packers and say, man, are they even going to be a playoff team in the NFC? Isn't it crazy? The, the league, the parity in the league, I guess is a good thing. I personally don't love all the parity. I'd rather see good football teams separate themselves. And right now, even as much as I love the fact that Atlanta's in first place in the NFC South, there's not a good football team in the NFC South. The NFC North, yeah, the Packers struggle, but I still believe that they're better than Minnesota. They four game, I mean, four more losses than Minnesota. I can't say that anymore. Even with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, even with the what the Packers have been able to do, led by Lafleur and company, I still think they're better. But I mean, you can't say that with Minnesota getting out to a six and one lead. Same thing in the West. The Niners, to me, are the best team by far in that division, but yet are a game behind the Seahawks. Cowboys, I think, are the best team in the NFC East. They're two games or a game and a half behind the Eagles. AFC, at least things are kind of the way that you expect. Bills on top, Ravens on top right there with the Bengals, Bengals and, and Browns tonight, Monday Night Football, Titans on top in the AFC South, and the Chiefs on top in the West. Order is restored, or there is order in the AFC. The NFC, it's the Wild West. Anything up for grabs in the NFC. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Is the phone, or maybe the phones are broken. I, what, what's up with, do we not care about anything other than the Mets and Yankees around here? What's going on with the Jets and Giants? I mean, you guys got to be upset with the Jets' performance getting 
beaten by the Patriots after a week where everybody was expecting the Jets to go in there and have a party. Well, what's the what's the issue here? 877-337-6666. The Knicks, we mentioned them. They also went down yesterday. I have not been into the Knicks as much yet as I was a year ago where, you know, we were – obviously it's early on here, so we're still recovering from the baseball with the Mets and Yankees going in October and the Jets and Giants having success early on. So the Knicks have taken a back seat, but still paying attention to it. And it's just frustrating with them. They have the point guard finally, which is nice to see. Brunson is going to be a difference maker, has been a difference maker for this team. But the same problems remain. They cannot shoot the basketball nearly enough, specifically from three, whether it's Julius Randle, whether it's RJ. And I know RJ was good from downtown yesterday, but it's way too inconsistent. And you saw... Right up close and personal yesterday, the difference that Donovan Mitchell can make. I mean, you got a guy that goes 8 for 13 from downtown. The Knicks just don't have that. Mitchell lights the Knicks up for 38 points, uh, 12 assists. He was an absolute beast yesterday. And if you could replace right now, forget the draft picks, because I think anybody would give up the draft picks. If you can replace right now R.J. Barrett with Donovan Mitchell, you'd do it. And I hate to say that because I do like R.J. and his makeup and you want to believe in him. Problem is, R.J. Barrett, in all likelihood, will never be as good, certainly not offensively, as Donovan Mitchell. And that's an area where the Knicks lack. I mean, they have some depth. I like Hartenstein. I like Reddish, the way that he's played this year. Toppin in limited minutes does what Toppin does. But the Knicks are limited. Fournier can't stand. And again, I know he was good last night. This is just a more, in general, Knicks conversation. They're limited. And Randall is what he is. Even if he's having a good year like he's been so far this year, he's still got limitations. Frustrating with the Knicks. They, I mean, they'll probably be close to a 500 team, which is what they are so far. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. Phones are working, I guess. Hector, good morning. What's going on, Sean? Are you having a problem with calls? I, mean, uh, I, don't, I didn't think so, but I guess so on this Monday morning, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me personally, man, I, I like actually almost like force myself into calling nowadays just because I'm, you know, I'm still a little disgusted with the whole mess and Baseball season. Uh, get and all over that. it. It's been it's been a month basically. The Mets have been out of. I hear you. Month. I hear you. But then let's 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 move on to the Knicks and the Giants and whatever. And you know, like you know me, I always want to reach for the highest. Like it, you know, even if I don't believe the team is that good, whatever. Like you still got to play the games. Um. So going into this weekend, you know, everybody's talking about the Knicks. And the seven games coming up, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, give me a four and three, five and two. If this team is going to be any good, you got to win games that people don't expect you to win. So the first thing is, let me go be Milwaukee. I don't care if it's in Milwaukee. Obviously, they didn't do that. Okay, like you're reaching too high. Then comes today again, another loss. So I was like, ah, do I really want to get emotionally invested in these teams? You go to the Giants. Oh, the Giants are six and one. I'm not a big believer in Daniel Jones. You want to say, okay, it's not Daniel Jones. I agree. Richie James, two fumbles, blah, 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 blah. Do I want to get emotionally invested in these guys when at the end of the day, what are they going to really be? 
You know what yeah, I'm saying? But, like, see, but that's not, the wrong way to look at it. If you're a Giants fan, see, I understand what you're saying, but then by that logic, why be a sports fan? I, so, and I'm, honestly, honestly, that's almost where I am right now. Like, do I, I'm evaluating how much I want to really be a sports fan because, admittedly, so I probably get too invested into sports, right? And then that doesn't affect me too much, you know? But it's like, ah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I've hit a point right now where I'm like, is this even worth it anymore? Hmm. What's the point? And, 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 and I'm someone who gets frustrated sometimes when I hear people talk like that. Oh, sports, this was, and I'm like, oh, why are these guys trying to drive people away from sports? But I'm kind of like there right now. Like, there uh, you, you know, a... you get so high with these teams so low. No, I've been there. But the lows been are so there, bad, man. There, There is a balance to it, though. You have to be able to control... Hey, look, I get what you're saying, and I've thought about it many times. There's no way out for me now. I'm too deep in. I mean, I'm I'm in. I, there's no choice. But there has to be a balance where you don't let it ruin your enjoyment from everyday life. It should be an escape. And when the Giants are having a season like they are this year, I mean, even if they lose to the Seahawks, who cares? It happens. You, you suck it up. All right, maybe it bothers you for a couple of days here, but you look forward to the next game in a couple of weeks. Obviously, they have the bye week coming up this week. But they've had a good year. This is This should be an exciting year for the Giants where they've played eight games and won six of them. That's a good thing. That's rare. And could they win the Super Bowl? I mean, I, I highly doubt it. But if you're going to just say, well, why get invested if I know they can't win the Super Bowl? you got to take little steps. Hey, winning the division this year would be great. Thanksgiving Day is going to be a fun game to get into, regardless of the result. I mean, the Giants have made themselves relevant. That should be fun this year, where you're excited about the future, as well as you know potentially the way that's going to play out this year. Well, no, listen, and you're right. For the for the most part, it has been an enjoyable year. I guess I'm doing too much lately of looking at the big picture, and I try to be optimistic about the big picture. The Mets and ruined then it you. Up in my the face. Mets, the the final week of the Mets season ruined you. I get it. Their season went up in flames, getting swept by Atlanta and losing <laughs> to the Padres. They ruined you. It was more than that. It was it was like the whole month, the whole final month. It wasn't even the week. It was, I know a lot of people want to focus on the Braves series, and you know, and then you focus. Okay, they still had the wild card, but it, it, it was a slow build to that whole that whole thing. for me at least for me. You did you enjoy like the, the whole Did movie. you enjoy the ALCS as a sports fan? I enjoyed the result of it. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. I, I wouldn't say I'm particularly like enjoying the games themselves. I'm watching it even then. If I, if I have not doing nothing else, whatever, I put it on. You know, I've enjoyed watching the Phillies. To be honest with you, Sal, that's that's ridiculous. But I'm not rooting for them. The only thing I'm rooting for is I would like to see Dusty finally get a ring. You know what I mean? Like this is probably his last shot. I wouldn't mind seeing Dusty get a ring. Besides that. Rooting, enjoying, I don't know if any of those words. You know, I will tell you, Hector, you bring, up an you bring up an interesting point with the World Series. I've been into it, more into it than I thought. And Me too. I, like, I don't want Philly to win for obvious reasons, but I don't find myself necessarily rooting against them. I would like to see Dusty Baker get his ring, but I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not hating on the Phillies the way that I thought that I would. I wouldn't care if they if they won. I do think that there's something about them that has been fun and exciting, and I wouldn't mind if they won the World Series. You know what? Good for them. They got theirs. It's frustrating thinking about what could have been for the Mets. Sure, but 
you know what? It's been, it's been. I mean, they've been great. They've deserved this run here. The Phillies. They've had a, a nice, a nice run getting to the World Series, and then even in at least Game One of the World Series. Yeah, and I think for me, it's because you know I've said this many times. I, I'm just an underdog type of person, so I, I like the underdogs. The Phillies are nobody, nobody, none of us. Talked about this of the Phillies, right? And then when as it pertains to the Mets, I've told this before. I get pissed at the Mets. I get mad at the Mets for putting themselves in the position that this they put themselves. So for not, you know, and listen, come on, uh, right, right, 101 wins, blah, 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 Steve Cohen, billions of dollars, blah, 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 blah. All of that is great. We still not got to go play another 162 games, boring spring training, blah, blah, up, down, this, that, to see if we could possibly get Right, but that's the, the fun of it. That's the fun. Do it again next year. Let it be an escape. I mean, have and you usually I'm play? there, so I don't know why. I don't know why. I'll get over it. I don't know why this year. Of course, so you'll bad. get over it. See, look, you can, You think you want to escape? And thank you for the call, Hector. We appreciate you checking in. You want to escape? You can't. It's in you. Who do you think you are? You think you're all of a sudden going to just stop becoming a sports fan? You, of all people, as passionate as you are, that's what we're here for. You call us here at the fan. You vent your frustrations. Now, I would try to recommend, as somebody who's been through this plenty of times in my life, you know how many times I've had to have my mom tell me, oh, it's just a game. Don't worry about it. It has no impact on you. They were going back you know, 30 years, for goodness sake. For 30 years I've been doing this. Not this, but being a sports fan. Or calling in to Sports Talk Radio back then. Venting my frustration. Trying to make myself feel better. That's what we're here for. Remember the big picture. And I hate to sound, at the risk of sounding like my mother. It's not that serious. It's just sports. I know we take it seriously. But let's have fun with it. Rip the teams when they're bad. Vent your frustrations when they're bad. And when they're good, enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying, Hector, the giant season this year, then you really do need to reevaluate. Don't look at the big picture and say, oh, well, what are they going to do anyway? Look at it in the moment and try to enjoy each week. Those three hours on Sunday, use them as an escape to where last year nobody wanted to waste three hours watching the Jets or the Giants. This year, win or lose, it's a nice escape. Hey, I'm going to watch the Giants game, or I'm going to watch the Jets game this week, and I'm going to be into it. And, of course, there's going to be pain. There's always pain as a sports fan. I don't care if you root for the most successful franchise out there. There's always going to be pain the majority of time. But that's part of it. Enjoy the escape from reality. Because life's real problems and real pain is nothing in comparison to the Giants losing to the Seahawks in Seattle on a Sunday or the Jets not showing up against the Patriots in a game that they were supposed to go out there and get some revenge. Connor is calling from Westchester. What's up, Connor? Hey, Sal. How's it going? Love your show, man. Thank you, Connor. I appreciate that. Yeah, to your point you were just making, too, I'm a big Giants fan, and I've been flying high with this team. Um, not so much today, but uh, I was still encouraged by some of the things they did. But the two Super Bowls that they won in my lifetime are like 
the pinnacle of sports for me. And I mean, for a year, I was just flying on it. So to your point, uh, watching the team win a Super Bowl in the fashion that they did it with Eli and everything, I'm not saying this team's that good, but when they win on Sunday, it does give you a little pep in my step, and mm. I'm just excited about it. You know, and I will say, I'm Connor, thrilled. yeah, you, as you should be, I will say that, and, and I don't believe that this Giants team – can or will win the Super Bowl this year, but the fact that we're even mentioning that, and I will say that those two runs, both those Super Bowl years, were two of the more improbable things I've ever seen in sports from following a team from start to finish. I still can't even believe that they won the Super Bowl both those years, and that really should show that anything is possible. And we come on and say, oh, this team can't do that, or this team can't do that, but the reality is... Hey, that's what makes sports so great. You never know. Absolutely. And some of the guys on those teams were scrap heap guys. And that's back when Jerry Reese was winning in the third and the fourth and the fifth round. Mm-hmm. And even Ahmad Bradshaw's probably still my favorite running back of all time, a seventh round pick. And that's kind of what it takes. And at least with this Giants team, I see a guy out there like Fabian Moreau who they picked him up off the street, and I was thinking when they first got him, we're in deep trouble, and they're going to go right after him every game. And if you watch today, they did go right after him at the beginning of the game, um, and he was guarding DK Metcalf, of all people. Mm-hmm. And he made two incredible plays, knocked a few balls away and forced, uh, forced a couple of punts. So I'm seeing things from this team that I really like, and you got to take these guys off the street and you got to plug him in, and great coaching from Dayball. I really like what I see from him, and I think he's generally, genuinely upset uh, at the loss today. They're at, they're trying to ask him at the press conference, you know, oh, you got to be thrilled. You're six and two, you know, in your wildest dreams, you're a rookie head coach, and he really had a good poker face because um, he didn't let on at all. He just kept saying, "No, I'm not happy at all with today's game," and that's what I want right. from from a coach. Right. Well, one week at a time, he's not looking at a big picture at this particular moment. And thank you for the call, Connor. Appreciate checking in. Dable's, you know, a man about this loss. It was a game they could have won. He's thinking, yeah, it's great. We're 6-2. and two. Could have been 7-1 and one going into the bye week. That's a little bit better. And I do think that you have to look at this Giants team and see that they are way, way ahead of where anybody thought that they would be. And this was not a loss where, uh uh-oh, here it comes crumbling down again, where now they are what we thought they were. This was just, hey, they got beat. They made some mistakes, didn't play a perfect game. Richie James with a couple of fumbles. Daniel Jones not able to do enough. Barkley not able to get the ground game going. And they got beat by a team who's played pretty well this year in a place that's historically been a difficult place to play. It happens. Now, the more telling games for the Giants will be the next two, maybe three, where they will be expected, which hasn't happened often this year, if at all, they will be expected to beat the Texans. They will be expected to beat the Lions. And if they win both those two games, then you're going to get a great showdown on Thanksgiving. Because then there's going to be the hype train. 
eight and two going into that game against Dallas, regardless of what Dallas record may be at that point. Then you'll find out, okay, can this team legitimately compete with the top tier teams in the NFC? I mean, obviously the Eagles will follow, you know, a couple weeks after that, and then they close out the year with them. But before you get to that, the next three weeks we'll know what the Giants are this season. Right now, it's, hey, nice record, nice start, but they've got to still take care of business now against the teams that they should be better than, Texans and Lions, and then the real challenge. If they beat, if they win the next three, then I think anything's possible, meaning a Super Bowl appearance is in the realm of possibility. I don't think that's going to be the case as far as them winning the next three, but that's what we'd be talking about in three weeks, if they ran the table here, or four weeks, because obviously the bye week this week. But you should be excited as a sports fan. Nothing happened in that Giants game that would make me think, all right, blew them off the rose, back to reality, clock has struck midnight. I'm excited about Dable and about the Giants' future. I am with the Jets too, but it is a little different. Jets had their show-me game. This was the Jets' Thanksgiving game. You know, when I talk about the Giants playing Thanksgiving against the Cowboys, this was the Jets' chance to show us all. I mean, I guess next week could be too, but does anybody really expect that they're going to do that against the Bills? So this was the show-me game. This was the game where, for me to take the Jets seriously, because I wasn't prior, they had to win this game. And they didn't. Now, they'll have a chance here to make amends for that in New England in a couple weeks. But as of now, that's where the disappointment comes from, where they had their show-me game, and yet again, Bill Belichick comes out on top. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Sal Akata back on the fan on this Monday morning, 877-337-6666. A loss, a rare loss weekend for New York football. Of course, now you fail us with the Mets and Yankees both out of it. Now the Jets and Giants start their losing. No, we need some wins. At least the Rangers got their win yesterday, but 
you know, even the Knicks, you throw them in, they lost. By the way, the Nets, I haven't mentioned the Nets, they are the gift that keeps on giving. I mean, man, the drama. Now, I do think eventually they'll turn around, but the drama with this team, it never ceases to amaze us. I mean, how are the Nets 1-5 in five with that talent? Nash is going to get fired, then they'll start to play better. Eventually, they're going to have to blow the whole thing up, but... Either way, a disastrous start for Brooklyn. And as bad as it's been for the Knicks, just 3-3 three and three on the year, not awful. But we needed the New York football today. No Mets or Yankees to react to. Waiting for the World Series to be over so we could start to get into the offseason. And those New York football teams that have carried us so far through the first seven weeks of the season let us down here in Week 8. Really, the Jets were the disappointment. Giants, hey, it happens. You're going to get beat. This was a game the Jets had to have, and they did not get. I shouldn't say had to have, but it was an important game for this Jets group here to prove their legitimacy, to beat a team they haven't beaten in seven years. Chris is calling from Beacon. What's up, Chris? Sal, what's going on, man? Good morning, Chris. How are you? Doing good. I was just talking to Fleeks for 10 minutes, so I don't know. You know, I'm not even going to talk sports for you at this point now. I was talking to him the whole time. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, right. So, so let me regroup my thoughts with that. How by how, uh, how was uh, Adam Sandler's show? Sandler's show was excellent. I had a a great time. I took my mom. We I dressed up like the wedding singer, at least from the uh, you know the, the waist up. I was dressed like the wedding singer, uh, and it was fantastic. He was great, man. Did, did you watch? Now I'm assuming you're a Sandler fan. Yeah, I love Sandler. Did you watch the Netflix special 100% Fresher or 100% Fresh? I always forget what it's called. The, his last no. Netflix special? Oh, it no. was great. It, it was, you, you got to watch it. And this was similar to that, but I do think they'll make another special out of this. But it was just, I, I can't, I had a great time. I love him. I never saw Sandler in person. Yeah. Um, it's, fu- it's funny, I saw somebody, because uh, he's been going on tour here the last you know, few weeks, so I saw any any post pictures on Twitter from the tour and I saw somebody in a scuba Steve costume and I was like, huh, that's fun. <laughs> and, and it made me think about, cause I was the wedding singer years ago for Halloween. So it made me think that I could break that back out again. I got my mom, the Bobby Boucher Waterboy Jersey. So we had some fun, uh, in, in, you know, somewhat costume there. UBS arena is tremendous. Sandler was great. It was just a, it was a, a great night. And, uh, did he just do stand up? Did he do like singing also with like the guitar, like the well? That's song, that's the thing. Stuff like that. Yeah, that that's the thing. Both. He didn't do the yeah. Thanksgiving song or um, or the Hanukkah song. Right, they're great too. But he <laughs> he did. He kind of started with stand up. Let's say ten, fifteen minutes, and then weaved in and out of stand up and his songs. The songs were comedy. Some of them would be you know. 30 seconds or 20 seconds, and it was just a different way to tell a joke via music. But it was fantastic. To understand what it was, Chris, if you're not familiar, watch mm-hmm. the Netflix special, 100% Fresh, and then I'm sure once this tour is over with in a couple of weeks, they're going to patch it all together and, and put out another Netflix special. But he's a genius. And I'll tell you this, I was laughing basically the whole night. And then, are you familiar mm-hmm. with the Chris Farley song that he does? I think so. Well, you would know it. He does a, a you got to yeah, look it up. I'd have to hear it. Yeah, he does a, Fleegs, are you familiar with the Farley song? I'm assuming you've heard it. Uh, Fleegs might be on the phone there. But either way, you have to hear the Farley song. He did the Chris Farley song, which has always gotten, you know, tugs at my emotions a little bit. But yeah. seeing it live, I couldn't control myself. I was actually, 
like visibly, I, I wanted to control myself because I'm in public. I don't want to be crying and weeping like that. Um, but I was, I yeah. couldn't control it. You, you wow. have to, yeah, highly recommend a watch the Netflix special B he did make that a song point to on, on the special too. Yeah. That's where I saw it debuted. I think he did it. He might've done it first on the Netflix special. Then he did it on Saturday night live uh, a couple years back when he uh, came in and, and hosted on Saturday night live. But yes, it's a, the song is incredible. You, you gotta, you gotta listen to it. All right. Well, that's it. Yeah, we'll watch it. Um, no. Right, no sports? I mean, what's going on here? You I can't be you, talking to Fleets about the sports. I was talking to Fleets for 10 minutes. I said, I'll just talk to Sal about uh, Adam Sandler now. No, I'll talk about sports, but I wanted to know about the Adam Sandler thing because that, that's a bucket list situation. Um, I want to I want to see him live in concert. Uh, I could That one I couldn't go to. It was a Thursday night. I had to work, so I can take off. So. It was, I wish it was a weekend. I wish it was a Friday or Saturday night. Yeah, it actually worked out well for me because I got to take off from work. So I missed out on a football Friday, and then I went to go see the Sandman in costume with my mom. Loved every second of it. All right, so quickly on, on the Jets and, you know, um, Jets and Giants. Well, quickly on both, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I like Wilson, you know, that. I You know, I think he's a good quarterback, but he has to stop making those mistakes. And, you know, um, you got to throw the ball out of bounds. You know, you can't, you can't just be throwing nowhere where you're going to get a ball intercepted. Like, And you got to take blame for things. You can't. Just because what happened in the first half with that penalty, you can't. If someone tells you basically, you know, do you put this on yourself, you say no. You know, you, you got to say the right things. Like I, I, I you know, I, how I stand on Daniel Jones. I think he sucks. I still think he sucks. He's, but he's, but he's been taught to throw the ball out of bounds more. You know, like I, he, and and uh, and he says the right things. One thing about he's like, like a, he's like like I say, I call him Eli because he he talks just like Eli. It doesn't matter. How many, if he makes mistakes or if a receiver makes mistakes and whoever loses the game, he's still going to put it on himself. He's going to say, I'm going to play better. I got to do this and that. And Wilson doesn't do that. And I think it's because he's young. Um, I think he's a really good quarterback. He just has to – he has to smart up. He has to say the right thing. I don't think – you know, and I think he's just – I don't know if he's just too cocky or not, but I know his – I don't think the, right. the, the, the players like him. The, the rumors last year that, that, you know, they really don't like the kid. When They brought Mike White – Mike White and they were chanting, you know, Mike White in the locker room. You know, I just don't, I don't, I think he's just, maybe he's just too cocky or thinks he's too good. And they don't like, some of these players don't like how he, how he acts or, you know. There and, might be, there might be something to that, Chris. And thank you for the call. There might be something to that. Now I'm not in the locker room, so I don't know. I mean, you could watch him from afar or talk to people who are around him. See, it's a, again, a very fine line between confidence and, and arrogance and if he's arrogant or too cocky that can be a problem now you want somebody here that is confident and maybe borderline cocky you want them to have the ability to be confident through the worst of circumstances and not see I didn't think Sam Darnold had that at all he was always too nice and obviously he wasn't very good, but he was always too nice. And when things went wrong, it was like, oh, oh, what am I going to do? I'm seeing ghosts. Well, Zach Wilson's like, yeah, screw that. I threw the ball because I thought I could make a player or this or that. But there's got to be a balance there. And if he is too arrogant or cocky to a point where he's rubbing people the wrong way or not listening to the coaches that are trying to help him along, then that's a problem. And that's something that's got to be fixed. And whether the coaches have to figure out a way to get through to him or, you know, either find a new coach that can get through to him or find a new quarterback that's going to be, that's going to listen or be better. I'm not there yet. I'm not even close to there yet, but 
you know, we'll get into it in a second when we reset here coming up at four o'clock after the update, but I would blame more the coaches to me right now for the Jets issues than Wilson. Now, him not throwing the ball away. And by the way, he's done that plenty. He just got burned for it more yesterday. There are too many times where Wilson just flips the ball up over the sideline and it doesn't get far enough out of bounds for my comfort. And then yesterday, you know, getting burnt by it. Dude, if you're throwing the ball away, step into it and throw the damn thing away. Throw it into the stands. Stop with the lazy, like, oh, I'm too cool. I'm just going to flick it out over here because I'm frustrated that there's nothing open downfield. Fire that bleeping pigskin. Fleeks, have you heard the Farley song or watched that 100% Fresh special? Yeah, I saw that when, like, I mean, almost immediately when he put it out on Netflix a couple years ago, and then I saw when he did it on SNL. Right. I mean, you uh, you agree, right? The song is incredible, the Farley song. Yeah, I mean, it just it hits you in ways that you just would never expect, especially when, like, when, again, watched it when it first came out. So I don't know if the buzz was around yet around the special, like, okay, there's this very emotional Chris Farley song. So when I watched it, it just, again, wow. And then he performed it on Saturday Night Live, to your point, where it even hits more home because Farley on Saturday Night Live. Right, when he's on that stage and you just, you know all the history there. Now, there's also a difference. You could download the song or or listen to it on Apple Music or iTunes or whatever, but there's also a difference in watching it. I would recommend just watching the Netflix special or trying to find a clip of it somewhere online because they show Farley clips in the background, which kind of plays along with the song. It helps. Uh, And and as somebody who found the song, it, it tugged at me when I first heard it, the several times that I listened to it or saw the special that I fell in love with. Then seeing it in person and just the way the song goes into a sad, you know, kind of beat or I don't know if that's the right word for it, but uh, a sad part of the song and then the words, and he's, you know, he's talking about Farley, talking, thinking about his dad. I just freaking lost it, man. I could not control myself. It was, uh, yeah, it was, hey, he's great. The Sandman's the best. I love him. He's kind. He's, you know, and the fact that he's. Geez, 56 years old. Adam Sandler, the Sandman, is 56. It's It makes me feel old. When Sandler's going to be 60 in four years, for goodness sake. My God. I think that's part of it, too, realizing that we're growing old is, you know, the other song that he has, the growing old with you or with us. It's been a long time he's been at it. Reminds me of when I was a kid, just getting, you know, just getting going in high school. Or junior high, watching Saturday Night Live, Billy Madison, and, Happy Gilmore, all that stuff. It's been a long time. Anyway, it was highly recommended. If you could go find one of his shows, to his live shows, go do it. If not, watch the Netflix special that's there right now, and then the one I'm sure that'll follow with this most recent tour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.